Section five of the Prince of Ireland's Son by Patrick Collum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Section five. The Town of the Red Castle. One. Flan was the name that the old woman of beer gave to Gilly of the goatskin when he came back to tell her that the swan of endless tales had been hatched out of the crystal egg. He went from her house then, and came to where the King of Ireland's son waited for him. The two comrades went along a well-travelled road. As they went on they fell in with men driving herds of ponies, men carrying packs on their backs, men with tools for working gold and silver, bronze and iron. Every man whom they asked said, We are going to the town of the Red Castle, and to the great fair that will be held there. The king's son and Flan thought they should go to the town of the Red Castle too, for where so many people would be there was a chance of hearing what went before and what came after the unique tale. So they went on. And when they had come to a well that was under a great rock, those whom they were with halted. They said it was the custom for the merchants and sellers to wait there for a day, and to go into the town of the Red Castle the day following on this day they said the people of the town celebrate the festival of midsummer and they do not like a great company of people to go into their town until the festival is over the king of ireland's son and flan went on and they were let into the town the people had lighted great fires in their market-place and they were driving their cattle through the fires if there be evil on you may it burn may it burn they were crying they were afraid that witches and enchanters might come into the town with the merchants and the sellers, and that was the reason they did not permit a great company to enter. The fires in all their houses had been quenched that day, and they might not be lighted except from the fires the cattle had gone through. The fires were left blazing high, and the king's son and Flan spent hours watching them and watching the crowds that were around then the time came to take fire to the houses they who came for fire were all young maidens each came into the light of one of the great fires took coals from a fire that had burnt low placed them in a new earthen vessel and went away flan thought that all the maidens were beautiful and wonderful although the king's son told him that some were black-faced and some crop-headed and some hunchbacked then a maiden came who was so high above the rest that flan had no words to speak of her she had silver on her head and silver on her arms and the people around the fires all bowed to her she had black black hair and she had a smiling face not happily smiling but proudly smiling flan thought that a star had bent down with her and when she had taken the fire and had gone away flan said she is surely the king's daughter she is said the king of ireland's son the people here have spoken her name what is her name asked flan it is la serena said the king's son flame of wine shall we see her again said flan that i do not know said the king's son come now and let us ask the people here if they have knowledge of the unique tale wait said flan they are talking about princess flame of wine he did not move but listened to what was said all said that the king's daughter was proud some said she was beautiful but others answered that her lips were thin and her eyes were mocking no other maidens came for fire 
Flan stood before the one that still blazed, and thought and thought. The king's son asked many if they had knowledge of the unique tale, but no one had heard of it. Some told him that there would be merchants and sellers from many parts of the world at the fair that would be held on the morrow, and that there would be a chance of meeting one who had knowledge of it. Then the king's son went with one who brought him to a brufer's, that is, to a house of hospitality, maintained by the king for strangers. As for Flan, he sat looking into the fire until it died down, and then he slept before it. 2. Flan was wakened by a gander and his flock of geese that stood round him, shook their wings, and set up their goose-gabble. It was day then, although there was still a star in the sky. He threw furze roots where there was a glow, and made a fire blaze up again. Then the dogs of the town came to look at him, and then stole away. Horns were blown outside, and the watchman opened the gates. Flan shook himself, and stood up to see the folk that were coming in. First came the men who drove the mountain ponies that had lately fed with the deer in wild places. Then came men in leathern jerkins who led wide-horned bulls, a black bull and a white bull, and a white bull and a black bull, one after the other. Then there were men who brought in high, swift hounds, three to each leash they held. Women in brown cloaks carried cages of birds. Men carried on their shoulders and in their belts tools for working gold and silver, bronze and iron. And there were calves and sheep and great horses and weighty chariots and colored cloths and things closed in packs that merchants carried on their shoulders. The famous bards and storytellers and harpists would not come until noontime when the business of the fair would have abated, but with the crowd of beggars came ballad-singers and the tellers of the stories that were called go-by-the-market-stake, because they were told round the stake in the market-place and were very common. And at the tale of the comers, whom did Flan see but Moog, the captain of the robbers? Moog wore a hare-skin cap, his left eye protruded as usual, and he walked limpingly. He had a pack on his back, and he led a small, swift-looking horse of a reddish color. Flan called to him as he passed, and Moog gave a great start. He grinned when he saw it was Flan, and walked up to him. Moog, said Flan, what are you doing in the town of the Red Castle? I'm here to sell a few things, said Moog. This little horse, said he, and a few things I have in my pack. And where are your friends? asked Flan. My band, do you mean? said Moog. Sure, they all left me when you proved you were the better robber. What are you doing here? I have no business at all, said Flan. By the hazel, that's what I like to hear you say. Join me then. You and me would do well together. I want to join you, said Flan. I'd rather have you with me than the whole of the band. What were they anyway? Cabbage heads. Moog winked with his protruding eye. Wait till you see me again, said he. I've the grandest things in my pack. He went on leading the little horse. Then Flan set out to look for the king's son. He found him at the door of the brufers, and they drank bowls of milk and ate oaten bread together, and then went to the gate of the town to watch the notable people who were coming in. And with the bards and harpers and king's envoys who came in, the king's son saw his two half-brothers, Dermot and Downal. He hailed them, and they knew him and came up to him gladly. The king's son made Flan known to them, saying that he too was the son of a king. 
they looked fine youths downall and dermot in their red cloaks with their heads held high and a brag in their walk and their words they left their horses with the grooms and walked with fawn and the king's son they were tall and ruddy the king's son was more brown in the hair and more hawk-like in the face the three were different from the dark-haired dark-eyed red-lipped lad to whom the old woman of beer had given the name of flan no one had seen the king who lived in the red castle dermot and downall told the other two he was called the wry-faced king and on account of his disfigurement he let no one but his counsellors see him we are to go to his castle to-day said dermot and downall you come too brother said he to the king's son and you too comrade said downall the flan why should we not all go by Agma, are we not all sons of kings flan wondered if he would see the king's daughter flame of wine he would surely go to the castle they drank ale played chess and talked until it was afternoon then the grooms who were with downall and dermot brought the four youths new red cloaks they put them on and went toward the king's castle brother said dermot to the king's son i want to tell you that we are not going back to our father's castle nor to his kingdom we have taken the world for our pillow we are going to leave the grooms asleep one fine morning and go as the salmon goes down the river why do you want to leave our father's kingdom because we don't want to rule nor to learn to rule we'll let you brother do all that we're going to learn the trade of a swordsmith we would make fine swords and with the king of senlabar there is a famous swordsmith and we are going to learn the trade from him the four went to the red castle and they were brought in and they went and sat on the benches to wait for the king's steward who would receive them and while they waited they watched the play of a pet fox in the courtyard flan was wondering all the time if the prince's flame of wine would pass through the courtyard or come into the hall where they waited then he saw her come up the courtyard she saw the youths in the hall and she turned round to watch the pet fox for a while then she came into the chamber and stood near the door she wore a mask across her face but her brow and mouth and chin were shown the youths saluted her and she bent her head to them one of the women who had brought birds to the fair followed her bringing a cage flame of wine talked to this woman in a strange language although she talked to the woman flan saw that she watched his three companions him she did not notice because the bench on which he sat was behind the others flame of wine looked at the king's son first then turned her eyes from him she bent her head to listen to what downall and dermot were saying flan she did not look at at all and he became sick at heart of the red castle the king's steward came into the hall and when he announced who the youths were three sons of the king of ireland travelling with their foster-brother flame of wine went over and spoke to them may we see you to-morrow king's sons she said to-morrow is our feast of the gathering of apples it might be pleasant for you to hear music in the king's garden she smiled on downall and dermot and on the king's son and went out of the chamber the king's steward feasted the four youths and afterwards made them presents but flan did not heed what he ate nor what he heard said nor what present was given him three the four youths left the castle and downall and dermot took their own way when they came to the footbridge that was across the river then when they were crossing it the king's son and flan saw two figures a middle-aged sturdy man 
and an old broken-looking woman meet before the bull's field it is the goban sour said the king's son it is the spay woman said flan they went to them each wishing to greet his friend and helper there they saw a sturdy middle-aged man and a broken-looking old woman but the woman looking on the man saw one who had full wisdom to plan and full strength to build whose wisdom and whose strength could neither grow nor diminish and the man looking on the woman saw one whose brow had all quiet whose heart had all benignity hail gaban builder for the gods said the woman hail grania oi reconciler of the gods said the man then the two youths came swiftly up to them and the king's son greeted the middle-aged man and flan kissed the hands of the old woman what of your search king's son said the goban sour i have found the unique tale but not what went before nor what comes after it said the king's son i will clear the sword of light of its stain when you bring me the whole of the unique tale said the goban sour i would search the whole world for it said the king's son but now the time is becoming short for me be quick and active said the goban sour i have set up my forge said he outside the town between two high stones when you bring the whole of the tale to me i shall clear your sword will you not tell him goban sour said the spay woman where he may find the one who will tell him the rest of the story if he sees one he knows in this town says the goban sour let him mount a horse he has mounted before and pursue that one and force him to tell what went before and what comes after the unique tale saying this the gabonsar turned away and walked along the road that went out of town the spay woman had brought besoms to the town to sell she showed the two youths the little house she lived in while she was there it was filled with the heather stalks which she bound together for besoms they left the spay woman and went through the town the king of ireland's son searching every place for a man he knew or a horse he had mounted before while flan thought about the princess flame of wine and how little she considered him beside the king's son and dermot and downal they came to where a crowd was standing before a conjurer's booth they halted and stood waiting for the conjurer to appear he came out and put a ladder standing upright with nothing to lean against and began climbing up 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 he went and the ladder grew higher and higher as he climbed flan thought he would climb into the sky then the ladder got smaller and smaller and flan saw the conjurer coming down on the other side he has come here to take that horse said a voice behind the king of ireland's son the king's son looked round and on the outskirts of the crowd he saw a man with a hare-skin cap and a protruding eye who was holding a reddish horse while he watched the conjurer the king of ireland's son knew the horse it was the slight red steed that had carried him and fedelma from the enchanter's house and had brought him to the cave where he had found the sword of light he looked at the conjurer again and he saw that he was no other than the enchanter of the black backlands then it crossed his mind what the gabon sar had said to him he had seen a man he knew and a horse he had mounted before he was to mount that horse follow the man and force him to tell the rest of the unique tale the king's son drew back to the outskirts of the crowd he snatched the bridle from the hands of moog the man who held it and jumped up on the back of the slight red steed as soon as he did this the ladder that was standing upright fell on the ground the people shouted and broke away and then the king's son saw the enchanter jump across a house and make for the gate of the town 
but if he could jump across a house so could the slight red steed the king's son turned his head plucked at its rein and over the same house it sprang too the more he ran the more swift the enchanter became he jumped over the gate of the town the slight red steed after him he went swiftly across the country making high springs over ditches and hedges no other steed but the slight red steed could have kept its rider in sight four up hill and down dale the enchanter went but mounted on the slight red steed the king of ireland's son was in hot pursuit the enchanter raced up the side of the seventh hill and when the king's son came to the top of it he found no one in sight he raced on however and he passed a dead man hanging from a tree he raced on and on but still the enchanter was not to be seen then the thought came into his mind that the man who was hanging from the tree and who he thought was dead was the crafty old enchanter he turned the slight red steed round and raced back the man that had been hanging from the tree was there no longer the king's son turned his horse amongst the trees and began to search for the enchanter he found no trace of him i have lost again he said then he threw the bridle on the neck of the horse and he said go your own way now my slight red steed when he said that the slight red steed twitched its ears and galloped towards the west it went through the woods and across streams and when the crows were flying home and the kites were flying abroad it brought the king's son to a stone house standing in the middle of a bog it may be the enchanter is in this house said the king's son he jumped off the slight red steed pushed the door of the house open and there seated on a chair in the middle of the floor with a woman sitting beside him was the enchanter of the black backlands so said the enchanter my slight red steed has brought you to me so said the king's son i have found you my crafty old enchanter and now you have found me what do you want of me said the enchanter your head said the king's son drawing the tarnished sword of light will nothing less than my head content you said the enchanter nothing less unless it be what went before and what comes after the unique tale the unique tale said the enchanter i will tell you what i know of it thereupon he began i was a druid and a son of a druid and i had learned the language of the birds and one morning as i walked abroad i heard a blackbird and a robin talking and when i heard what they said i smiled to myself now the woman i had just married noticed that i kept smiling and she questioned me why do you keep smiling to yourself i would not tell her is that not the truth said the enchanter to a woman who sat beside him it is the truth said she on the third day i was still smiling to myself and my wife questioned me and when i did not answer threw dishwater into my face may blindness come upon you if you do not tell me why you are smiling said she then i told her why i smiled to myself i had heard what the birds said the blackbird said to the robin did you know that just under where we are sitting are three rods of enchantment and if one were to take one of them and strike a man with it he would be changed to any creature one named that is what i heard the birds say and i smiled because i was the only creature who knew about the rods of enchantment my wife made me show her where the rods were she cut one of them when i went away that evening she came behind me and struck me with a rod go out now and roam as a wolf she said and there and then i was changed into a wolf is that not true he said to the woman it is true she said 
and being changed into a wolf i went through the woods seeking wolf's meat and now you must ask my wife to tell you more of the story the king of ireland's son turned to the woman who sat on the seat next to the enchanter and asked her to tell him more of the story and thereupon she began before all that began i was known as the maid of the green mantle one day a king rode up a mountain with five score followers and a mist came on them as they rode the king saw his followers no more he called out after a while and four score answered him and he called out again after another while and two score answered him and after another while he called out again and only a score answered him through the mist and when he called out again no one answered him at all the king went up the mountain until he came to the place where i lived with the druids who reared me he stayed long in that place the king loved me for a while and i loved the king and when he went away i followed him because he would not come back to me i enchanted him so that there were times when he was left between life and death once when he was seemingly dead a girl watched by him and she followed his spirit into many terrible places and so broke my enchantment sheen was the girl's name said the king of ireland's son sheen was her name said the woman he brought her to his kingdom and made her his queen after that i married the man who is here now the enchanter of the black backlands the son of the druid of the grey rock ask him now to tell you the rest of the story when she changed me into a grey wolf said the enchanter i went through the woods searching for what a wolf might eat but could find nothing to stay my hunger then i came back and stood outside my house and the woman who had been called the maid of the green mantle came to me i will give you back your human form she said if you do as i bid you i promised her i would do as she bade she bade me to go to a king's house where a child had been born she bade me to steal the child away i went to the king's house i went into the chamber and i stole the child from the mother's side then i ran through the woods but in the end i fell into a trap that the giant crom duv had set for the wolves that chased his stray cattle for a night i lay in the trap with the child beside me then crom duv came and lifted out wolf and child three hags with long teeth were there when he took us out of the trap and he gave the child to one of them telling her to rear it so that the child might be a servant for him he put me into a sack promising himself that he would give me a good beating he left me on the floor of his house but while he was gone for his club i bit my way out of the sack and made my escape i came back to my own house and my wife struck me with the wand of enchantment and changed me from a wolf into a man again is that not true said he to the woman it is true said she that is all of the unique tale that i know said the enchanter of the black backlands and now that i have told it to you put up your sword i will put up no sword said the king of ireland's son until you tell me what king and queen were the father and mother of the child that was reared by the hags of the long teeth i made no promise to tell you that said the enchanter of the black backlands you have got the story you asked for and now let me see your back going through my door yes you have got the story and be off with you now said the woman who sat by the fire he put up his sword he went to the door he left the house of the enchanter of the black backlands he mounted the slight red steed and rode off he knew now what went before and what came after the unique tale the gabon sar would clean the blemish of the blade of the sword of light and would show him how to come to the land of mist 
then he would win back his love fedelma he thought too on the tidings he had for his comrade flan flan was the son of the king who was called the hunter king and of sheen whose brothers had been changed into seven wild geese he shook his horse's reins and went back towards the town of the red castle five flan thought upon the prince's flame of wine he walked through the town after the king's son had ridden after the enchanter without noticing anyone until he heard a call and saw Moog standing beside a little tent that he had set up before the bull's field. Flan went to Moog and found him very disconsolate on account of the loss of the horse he had brought into the town. This is a bad town to be in, said Moog, and unless I persuade yourself to become partners with me, I shall have done badly in it join with me now and we'll do some fine feats together i would not become a king's son to join with a robber captain said flan fine talk fine talk said moog he thought that flan was jesting with him when he spoke of himself as a king's son i want to sell three treasures i have with me said moog i have the most wonderful things that ever were brought into this town show them to me said flan moog opened one of his packs and took out a box when he opened this box a fragrance came such as flan had never felt before what is that that smells like a garden of sweet flowers said flan it is the rose of sweet smells said moog and he took a little rose out of the box it never withers and its fragrance is never any less it is a treasure for a king's daughter but i will not show it in this town and what is that shining thing in the box it is the comb of magnificence that is another treasure for a king's daughter the maiden who would wear it would look the most queenly woman in the kingdom, but I won't show that, either. What else have you, Moog? A girdle. The woman who wears it would have to speak the truth. Flan thought he would do much to get the rose of sweet smells or the comb of magnificence and bring them as presents to the princess flame of wine. He slept in Moog's tent, and at the peep of day he rose up and went to the house of hospitality where Dermot and Downal were with them he would go to the king's orchard and he would see and perhaps would speak to flame of wine but dermot and downal were not in the brufers flan wakened their grooms and he and they made search for the two youths but there was no trace of dermot and downal it seemed they had left before daybreak with their horses flan went with the grooms to the gate of the town there they heard from the watchman that the two youths had gone through the gate and that they had told the watchman to tell the grooms that they had gone to take the world for their pillow the grooms were dismayed to hear this and so indeed was flan without the king's son and without downal and dermot how would he go to the king's garden he went back to moog's tent to consider what he should do at first he thought that he would not go to the festival of the gathering of the apples as he knew that flame of wine had only asked him with his comrades and then he thought that whatever else happened he would go to the king's orchard and see flame of wine if he had one of the wonderful things that moog had shown him the rose of sweet smells or the comb of magnificence these would show her that he was of some consequence if he had either of these wonderful things and offered it to her she might be pleased with him he sat outside the tent and waited for moog to return when he came flan said to him i will go with you as a servant and i will serve you well although i am a king's son if you will give me something now what do you want from me said moog give me the rose of sweet smells said flan 
sure that's the finest thing i have i couldn't give you that i will serve you for two years if you will give it to me said flan no said moog i will serve you for three years if you will give it to me said flan i will give it to you if you will serve me for three years thereupon moog opened his pack and took the box out he opened it and put the rose of sweet smells into flan's hand at once flan started off for the king's orchard the steward who had seen him the day before signed to the servants to let him pass through the gate he went into the king's orchard maidens were singing the song for the time of the blossoming of the apple trees and all that day and night flan held their song in his mind the touch of hands that drew it down kindled to blossom all the bough oh breathe the wonder of the branch and let it through the darkness go youths were gathering apples and the prince's flame of wine walked by herself on the orchard paths at last she came to where flan stood and lifting up her eyes she looked at him i had companions said flan but they have gone away they are unmannerly said flame of wine with anger and she turned away flan took the rose from under his cloak its fragrance came to flame of wine and she turned to him again this is the rose of sweet smells said flan will you take it from me princess she came back to him and took the rose in her hand and there was wonder in her face it will never wither and its fragrance will never fail said flan it is the rose of sweet smells a king's daughter should have it flame of wine held the rose in her hand and smiled on flan what is your name king's son said she with bright and friendly eyes flan he said walk with me flan said she they walked along the orchard paths and the youths and maidens turned toward the fragrance that the rose of sweet smells gave flame of wine laughed and said they all wonder at the treasure you have brought me flan if you could hear what i shall tell them about you i shall tell them that you are the son of a king of arabia no less they will believe me because you have brought me such a treasure i suppose there is nothing more wonderful than this rose then flan told her about the other wonderful thing he had seen the comb of magnificence a king's daughter should have such a treasure said flame of wine oh how jealous i should be if someone brought the comb of magnificence to either of my two sisters to bloom of youth or breast of light i should think then that this rose was not such a treasure after all when he was leaving the orchard she plucked a flower and gave it to him come and walk in the orchard with me to-morrow she said surely i will come said flan bring the comb of magnificence to me too said she i could not be proud of this rose and i could not love you so well for bringing it to me if i thought that any other maiden had the comb of magnificence bring it to me flan i will bring it to you said flan six he was at the gate of the town when the king of ireland's son rode back on the slight red steed the king's son dismounted put his arm about flan and told him that he now had the whole of the unique tale they sat before the moog's tent and the king's son told flan the whole of the story he had searched for how a king travelling through the mist had come to where druids and the maid of the green mantle lived how the king was enchanted and how the maiden sheen released him from the enchantment she told him too how the enchanter was changed into a wolf and how the wolf carried away sheen's child and the unique tale is in part your own history flan said the king of ireland's son 
for the child that was left with the hags of the long teeth was no one else than yourself for you flan have on your breast the stars that denote the son of a king it is so it is so said flan and i will find out what king and queen were my mother and father go to the hags of the long teeth and force them to tell you said the king's son i will do that said flan but in his own mind he said i will first bring the comb of magnificence to flame of wine and i will tell her that i will have to be away for so many years with mogue and i shall ask her to remember me until i come back to her then i shall go to the hags of the long teeth and force them to tell me what king and queen were my father and mother the king of ireland's son left flan to his thoughts and went to find the gobaun sour who would clear for him the tarnished blade of the sword of light and would show him the way to where the king of the land of mist had his dominion mog spent his time with the ballad singers and the story-tellers around the market-stake and when he came back to his tent he wanted to drink ale and go to sleep but flan turned him from the ale-pot by saying to him i want the comb of magnificence from you mog by my skin said mog it is my blood you'll want next my lad if you give me the comb of magnificence mog i shall serve you for six years three years more than i said yesterday i shall serve you well even though i am the son of a king and can find out who my father and mother are i won't give you the comb of magnificence i'll serve you seven years if you do mog mog drank and drank out of the ale-pot frowning to himself he put the ale-pot away and said i suppose your life won't be any good to you unless i give you the comb of magnificence that is so mog mog sighed heavily but he went to his pack and took out the box that the treasures were in he let flan take out the comb of magnificence seven years you will have to serve me said mog and you will have to begin your service now i will begin it now said flan but he stole out of the tent put on his red cloak and went to the king's orchard seven oh flan my treasure-bringer said flame of wine when she came to him i have brought you the comb of magnificence said he her hands went out and her eyes became large and shining he put the comb of magnificence into her hands she put the comb into the back of her hair and she became at once like the tower that is builded what broke its height and turned the full sunlight from it has been taken away and the tower stands the pride of a king and the delight of a people when she put the comb of magnificence into her hair she became of all king's daughters the most stately she walked with flan along the paths of the orchard but always she was watching her shadow to see if it showed her added magnificence her shadow showed nothing she took flan to the well in the orchard and looked down into it but her image in the well did not show her added magnificence either soon she became tired of walking on the orchard paths and when she came to the gate she walked no further but stood with flan at the gate a kiss for you flan my treasure-bringer said she and she kissed him and then went hurrying away and as flan watched her he thought that although she had kissed him he was not now in her mind he went out of the orchard disconsolate thinking that when he was on his seven years service with mogue princess flame of wine might forget him as he walked on he passed the little house where the spay-woman had her besoms and heather-stalks she ran to him when she saw him have you heard that the king's son has found what went before and what comes after the unique tale said she that i have and i have to go to the hags of the long teeth to find out who my father and mother were for surely i am the child who was taken from sheen 
and do you remember that sheen's seven brothers were changed into seven wild geese said she i remember that mother and seven wild geese they will be until a maiden who loves you will give seven drops of her heart's blood to bring them back to their human shapes i remember that mother whatever made you love her you must ask if she would give seven drops of her heart's blood it may be that she would it may be that she would not and that you would still love her without thought of her giving one drop of blood of her little finger i cannot ask the maiden i love to give seven drops of her heart's blood who is the maiden you love the king's daughter flame of wine he told the spay woman about the presents he had given her he told the spay woman too that he had bound himself to seven years service to mogue on account of these presents the spay woman said what other treasures are in mogue's pack one treasure more the girdle of truth whoever puts it on can speak nothing but the truth said the spay woman you are to take the girdle of truth and give it to flame of wine tell mogue that i said he is to give it to you without adding one day to your year's service when flame of wine has put the girdle around her waist ask her for the seven drops of heart's blood that will bring your mother's seven brothers back to their human shapes she may love you and yet refuse to give you the seven drops from her heart but tell her of this and hear what she will say flan left the spay woman's and went back to mogue's tent the loss of his treasures had overcome mogue and he was drinking steadily and went from one bad temper to another begin your service now by watching the tent while i sleep said he there is one thing more i want from you mogue said flan by the eye of balor you're a cuckoo in my nest what do you want now the girdle of truth is it my last treasure you'd be taken on me the spay woman bid me tell you that you're to give me the girdle of truth it's a pity of me it's a pity of me said mogue but he took the box out of his pack and let flan take the girdle eight flame of wine saw him she walked slowly down the orchard path so that all might notice the stateliness of her appearance i am glad to see you again flan said she have your comrades yet come back to my father's town flan told her that one of them had returned bid him come see me said flame of wine then she saw the girdle in his hands what is it you have said she something that went with the other treasures a girdle will you not let me have it flan she took the girdle in her hands tell me youth she said how you got all these treasures i will have to give seven years service for them flan said seven years said she but you will remember will you not that i loved you for bringing them to me will you remember me until i come back from my seven years service oh yes said flame of wine and she put the girdle around her waist as she spoke someone said to me said flan that i should ask the maiden who loved me for seven drops of her heart's blood the girdle was now round flame of wine's waist she laughed with mockery seven drops of heart's blood said she i would not give this fellow seven eggs out of my robin's nest i tell him i love him for bringing me the three treasures for a king's daughter i tell him that but i should be ashamed of myself if i thought i could have any love for such a fellow do you tell me the truth now said flan the truth the truth said she of course i tell you the truth oh and there are other truths i shall be ashamed forever if i tell them 
oh oh they are rising to my tongue they are rising to my tongue and every time i press them back this girdle tightens and tightens until i think it will kill me farewell then flame of wine take off the girdle take off the girdle what truths are in my mind i shall speak them and i shall be ashamed but i shall die in pain if i hold them back loosen the girdle loosen the girdle take the rose you gave me and loosen the girdle she let the rose fall on the ground i will loosen the girdle for you said flan but loosen it now how i have to strive to keep truths back and oh what pain i am in take the comb of magnificence and loosen the girdle she threw the comb down on the ground he took up the rose of sweet smells and the comb of magnificence and he took the girdle off her waist oh what a terrible thing i put around my waist said flame of wine take it away flan take it away but give me back the rose of sweet smells and the comb of magnificence give them back to me and i shall love you always you cannot love me and why should i give seven years in service for your sake i will leave these treasures back in mogue's pack oh you are a peddler a peddler go from me said flame of wine and do not be in the town of the red castle to-morrow or i shall have my father's hunting-dog set upon you she turned away angrily and went into the castle flan went back to mogue's tent and left the rose of sweet smells the comb of magnificence and the girdle of truth upon mogue's pack he sat in the corner and cried bitterly then the king of ireland's son came and told him that his sword was bright once more that the stains that had blemished its blade had been cleared away by the gabon sour who had also shown him the way to the land of mist he put his arm about flan and told him that he was starting now to rescue his love fedelma from the castle of the king of the land of mist end of section five read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com